This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I am your host, Mark. And in this episode, we discuss something I have no idea about. How is that different from any other episode, you ask? Well, in this one, I'm joined by Benjamin Wright of Benjamin Jane and Jeremy Toback of Renee and Jeremy and Brad. We all got together to talk about music and psychology. That's a pretty broad brush, but since Benjamin is a psychologist during the day, I felt we were in good hands. We begin by asking the question, are there common psychological traits among creative people? But we quickly move on to other topics like music's role in psychological healing, how your mindset changes when you add people to the writing process, and how one song can be interpreted differently between kids and adults. I learned what a morphogenetic field is, how a breakdown on tour changed how Jeremy looks at things, and Benjamin's thoughts on psychology today as a creative as well as a medical professional. This conversation goes all over the place, and I know I learned a lot, and I also got to listen to a bunch of great new music. Check out the latest Renee and Jeremy album, Shout, and the new Benjamin Jane album, Broken, on Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever you listen to or buy music. Look for new solo music from Jeremy Toback as well. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy Toback and at Renee and Jeremy. Check out ReneeandJeremy.com for more info. Benjamin is at Benjamin Jane Music and BenjaminJane.com. We are Performance ANX, PerformanceANX.Threadless.com, and ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety now let's get all up into each other's minds with jeremy toback and benjamin wright on performance anxiety on the pantheon podcast network you look like you're hanging out outside i am i got two kids no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right jeremy what's up hey how are you good to see you guys yeah man it's been a while all right jeremy meet benjamin benjamin jeremy hey benjamin hey, so just a little background um i had benjamin on during the uh, his last album theater which was really cool really i still those guitar tones just stick with me and it was just cool man and then jeremy from renee and jeremy and brad and his solo stuff and so i'm kind of not kind of i'm absolutely venturing into areas i have I don't have a damn clue about. I know nothing about psychology, psychiatry, anything. But I, th- I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> then this will be an excellent show. All right, Jeremy, you are the uh, resident expert now. But not really. Like I'm more like about like I'm. I definitely am into some modalities, but like of healing and like. <laughs> And transformation, but they're, I don't think you get it. Well, you might be able to get a degree, but I don't have shit. Yeah. <laughs> so none of us know what we're going to be talking about tonight. I, actually, I, I, know some, I got some opinions on some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, you know what? That's, that's all we need. Well, I think it yeah. just speaks to the old, you know, the older you get, the less you realize you know, right? For yeah, sure. that too, right? That is absolutely true. I love having guests on second and third time because we kind of get past the, well, this is what you did and this is your new album and, and we're going to get into different topics. And so this, this topic was actually suggested to me by Howard Wolfing. So, <laughs> so Howard's a great, Jerry, you haven't, you haven't met Howard yet, but Howard is a, is a great guy. He's, 
been in a, a huge friend of this podcast in helping set up interviews with so many incredible artists and all. And uh, he knows the way I work in, in that when I have somebody on a second time or, or more, we've already done the whole history the first time they come on. So there's no point in doing a repeat. So when, uh, when we have somebody on a second time, we like to find a different topic. And so I, I'm assuming Howard picked this based on Benjamin's day job and background. Now people are going to know that I'm a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So what, is, what is, what is Benjamin's background? So uh, Benjamin, uh, you want to, I'll let you explain this one. Yeah. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which really in today's world, means like a psychopharmacologist essentially with a few mm -hmm. with some other elements to what we do but i could go off about this for a while maybe that maybe the question that is being asked will allow me to do it later we'll see <laughs> we'll see and if not just feel free to just jump in and, and take this wherever you want to go both of you oh. guys because this is uh, the Wild West for me because I I I don't know anything about this, but I think it's really interesting. And, the, and I guess maybe the way to start this off is to discuss music and psychology and, and how they work together. I know that uh, a lot of creative people use music as a way to deal with psychological issues. And I know that music can also be used to help deal with psychological issues. So it goes on, on both ends. So I guess my first question is in, in things that you guys have, have read or studied, and maybe Benjamin, this one goes to you first. Is there any common trait to people who are more creative? Like for example, serial killers, they say that serial killers almost <laughs> tend to have like head trauma, nope bedwetting, animal cruelty. Is there anything, maybe not uh, that extreme, but is there anything so, common trait be within the creative communities? I would say the uh, polar opposite of uh, the serial killer who's a sociopath who doesn't have any empathy um, or ability to relate to other individuals' feelings, uh, doesn't have compassion or guilt or remorse. Mm -hmm. I think that we would exist in the opposite of that end of that spectrum where, where you think, I think you find a lot more empathy and compassion in people that are creative or also in the field of psychology or psychiatry in general. Yeah, it's, I like that. That's a, you know, it's amazing. That's a, that's a very simple answer and it didn't, it never occurred to me, which is you know, not unusual to be fair. Yeah. I mean, if you look at both fields too, like I've actually been asked this a lot during this release about why psychiatry and music is the two major parts of my life. And yeah, there obviously is. I mean, you kind of alluded to it or directly stated it in the intro of the question is that they're both involved in healing. Uh, I would say that, and this is this speaks to my my bias and bent against modern day psychiatry, psychiatry in general. Is I think I think probably music does more healing than psychopharmacology does. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> I can I can understand that though. I mean, I have that bias. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and me personally. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, for me personally, I, if I can do something besides take, you know, some kind of pharmaceutical, I'm going to do that first. Yeah, so. and this and what I don't want to do is put myself out there by like by uh, ostracizing the field in which I work. Right. I have definitely seen medications save people's lives. I just think that it's uh, in the society we live in nowadays. It's, it's um, the expectations of, of timelines of recovery and get your 
together to get back to production or whatever value you add to society needs to be quick. And yeah. so they, the, the fix is streamlined to something that's not necessarily always the answer, not frequently the answer. The, the answer is generally that we're all struggling or suffering with something in our environment that needs to be looked at. I mean, a lot of philosophers think that major depression stops us in our tracks to say, you ain't going, you know, you're not going the right way. Take it, take a minute and think about if you're living a truth or what, what's not resonating right. So wow. I think that's where music really helps because music takes us inward and we can find compassion and um, reflection in that experience. But medication certainly have saved my patients' lives as well. But. I think the one issue that I, well, the one, the one, one of the issues I have is, is just the amount of money in it. I mean, you'll see commercials for medicines, uh, you know, during sitcoms, sporting events, you don't even know what it's for. It just no. says, ask your doctor if you need this. <laughs> and you're like, what is this for, doc? Yeah. Should I take it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, doctor, do I need X, Y, and Z? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The, the, iron, the irony there is that in my, like, in my, un in my ghost writing job, like, I end up writing behind the scenes, not on the creative of pharma ads, but to help people, help directors get the pharma ads. Wow. Uh, which a lot of it, I'm just like, this is creepy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we're all, I mean, some of us are more explicitly tied in, but like, yeah. you know, my viewpoint is that a lot of the medication isn't necessary. Some, or some of it, you're just saying like, wow, you're actually creating fear around this so that you can then create the demand for the medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, this is not my field of expertise at all, but I have, do have a bias and well, you, yeah. you, like you said you, you do have a, a bias and and uh, a little bit of of history in that and part of the reason i wanted to have you on was because you do things like ghostwrite for other people and i wanted to know a little bit about the the psychology of that you know how did <laughs> yeah. you got you, you're not writing your own stuff you know you're writing for someone so else We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen and it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. PureSpectrumCBD, PureSpectrumCBD, PureSpectrumCBD. So, okay, I feel completely unequipped to talk about anything official in terms of like... <laughs> There's nothing official about anything concerning this podcast the ever. of psychology or psychiatry. What I can say is this. I mean, you're asking me about ghostwriting. I was going to take another point of entry. Yeah, go, go for it. We, we can come back to just it. To give, just to give like, just to give background of why I said yes to this, which is that even though I'm a recording artist and I have been for a long time, my initial entree into music was very much, even though I loved music and love pop music, I was coming at it from a sort of spiritual vibrational background. I got, as a young adult, got very into Hazrat Inya Khan, who's a Sufi mystic who has written specific books on music and vibration and I don't want to get too woo-woo, but I think I came into this life with this orientation. I don't know where the heck I would have gotten it. Um, <laughs> I got the birds from my parents, B-Y-R-D-S. Right. Just not. My dad was an atheist. So, <laughs> so I was interested from very early on in how I was going to incorporate uplifting vibrational modalities into song. And I was trying to do that probably struggling for a long time until eventually like Renee and Jeremy, I think was the first time that I actually sort of was able to tap into. This is my son coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I got two. two. That's why. As, oh, good. Um, Ezra King Toback. Uh, hello, welcome to the pod. Uh, so yeah, without being too meandering, yeah, but Renee and Jeremy, when we started making these lullabies for kids, that was, I think, the first time that I was able to bring it all together and put that into the music with Renee, obviously, with her participation as a partner in it. Wanna fly like an eagle to the sea? Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. Wanna fly like an eagle till I'm free. All through the revolution, feed the babies. Don't have enough to eat. Shoot the children. And that kind of feedback that we got from those records was that there was something going on here that was special in terms of the way that it was interacting with the families and the kids and helping them relax and 
not in any sort of new age way. We're just using songs, like not new age music. But um, and that continues to be a, a strong orientation in whatever kind of music that I'm. Well, you're, I mean, you're coming at it at an angle that's probably more important than any aggregate of healing over time. It's probably more important from that angle than any westernized medicine when it comes to mental health. Um, or you know, I'll, I'll stay there because that's where I work. Mm. But you know, I was just at a, a, a psychedelic forum, uh, learning about you know the power of psychedelics, and mm. one of the interesting things about the hangups that that we have in our field with that is we don't this model doesn't allow for traditional medicine traditional histories to play mm -hmm. a role in providing evidence um or supporting certain practices it has to be like the you know standardized western random double you know double blind placebo trials or else it doesn't mean anything even if 2000 years of of vibrationist music has proven to be <laughs> right 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 we've got all these ancient traditions right and you know you've got people i mean we're we're getting hip to meditation right that that has benefits right yeah yeah and there've probably been studies on I don't know have there been studies on prayer I don't know, <laughs> you know like, I, definitely on meditation and right. one might think meditation and prayer is probably I mean fairly similar related yeah yeah all right so you you bring up studies and that's that's one of the other things that that fascinates me is the different aspects of this like you know music can be used for psychological therapy there's you know it can be used as an outlet to help someone psychologically but it's also uh can help the, the listener like music can make for a better workplace uh can aid in sleep and and you know down to things like earworms you know why does a song get stuck in your head and you can't get it out i mean that that's another area of psychology that that fascinates me with music it's just I don't know. It's, it, there's so many different ways to go with this. And I don't even really know. I'm, I'm very unfocused with this episode. If you can't I tell. love an earworm. Oh my God. <laughs> I think the song is called the hunter by Jess Williamson. Pretty slick, but it's <laughs> one of her new songs on her new record. Oh yeah. Oh, that's your most, that's your most recent earworm. Yeah, like yeah, she's a hunter for the real thing. Oh, this is, I'm sorry. This is we're gonna get back to the subject, but she's <laughs> okay. this is what earworms do. Yeah, yeah. Like the chorus is basically she's like, I would. It's okay. I would have blown your mind, but I guess I'll give you space or whatever. I'm a hunter for the real thing. I don't know. There's just like these lines. I'm blowing them, but you just go listen to it. I will I have to check it out. So far, I haven't found anybody who agrees on the level that I do, but like. The latest earworm for me. I, and I wish I could explain it. I don't know why. I Yeah, no, I get it, man. We all have those songs that were just like, it just hits, man. You know? And it's different for everybody. And then I play it over and over. Oh, my wife hates me for that. I will get something, I'll get stuck in my head, and I'll have to listen to it several times in a row. She's like, stop, play something else. It's a good Please. thing about being single. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> my kids are over. They're listening. They're doing other stuff. They're like, you know, they're, they're old. You're <laughs> Right. You said some other dope stuff. God, what did you say? And I took us all the way down. There. <laughs> <laughs> Can okay. I ask a question? Yeah. Just about your stuff where you felt like you hit on it. Were you, was there a specific, um, did you identify like a specific 
you know, re- vibration or note or you know, range or rhythm or something that you guys were working with to make an album that you that you know, hit what you're trying to hit, or is it just kind of magic for you? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing is that I know that there are people working with specific tonalities and even like, oh, it's not a four forty. Right. It's like 444. I four forty. What is it? Ace four forty. Yeah. I know, but there's a actually there's people who are into a different tuning thing that they say is more essential and hits at. The, so no, we didn't do that. It was very intuitive, and kind of kismet. Just the combination of the way our voices combine is eerie and just soothing to people. And even though I'm in it, I can hear it. Like, even though I'm part of it, I'm like, wow, that's a weird thing. Some voices belong together. Yeah. yeah. You know, and not that we sound like this. And I think they're kind of God. So I'm not making this comparison as to elevate us. But like Crosby, Stills and Nash. Oh, and then you add Young. Those voices are like magical the way they vibrate together. Yeah. And there's other people that you'll be like, wow, two great singers that don't sound good together. (laughs) I'm not going to mention them, but they're... But like, there's a lot of collabs these days because of the way it affects the algorithms and streaming and stuff. Yeah. And so you hear some out, you're like, oh, I want to hear those voices together. I'll be like, no, not, oh, not ever again. No. Whereas like Phoebe Bridgers and the dude from the National. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great together. Phoebe and this other cat, I'm not going to talk about, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, great on his own. I don't, you know, like. So there's an alchemy that we, yeah, we, we, for us, it was very intuitive. And also it was very, it was intentional because we, the intentional aspect was we knew we wanted to make something really dope and sort of, uh, healing for parents. The parents would be into with their kids and that would be like, bring them in the lullaby space. And that was it. And then we did it. And it's like, holy moly. It just, I think I need to get your record, man. I mean, if you, are you, do you have little ones? I got a, well, she just turned eight and 10. Yeah. Okay. And it will work. Yeah. They, we got like, we got like the records that are maybe more for the tweens, more be, the more recent ones, which are like a whole lot of love we cover, uh, is one of them. And shout um, yeah. is the new one. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. Talking to you, come on. I really want to shout your shout. Let it all out. I really want to. These are the things I can do without. Really come on. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> like 30, my eight year old's like, mm, she's like, I mean, they're both, uh, you know, they're my kids. They're both, but so. They're both very creative and very intelligent. Uh, the the eight year old definitely could use some times. We'll say some what? Some chill time? Some soothing? Some chill time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, listen, you could try it. It's gonna be there'll be a quick thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I hear you. It's great, and, and so so Renee and Jeremy just have a, a a new album out, the Shout album, and it's just it's really cool because what what you guys do is so unique i mean you you take these songs that maybe like i grew up with and you guys grew up with it and you turn them into lullabies which to me it's psychologically that's just a, a fascinating i mean you, you've done red hot chili peppers on the new album you've got a song by talk talk uh tears for fears steve miller harry styles 
So it, it's uh, Curtis is my favorite. Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. It's just yeah, super cool. There's the, it's really amazing. And it's to me, psychologically, since we're, that's the, theme of this episode it's fascinating to me to, to f- think of a song like fly like an eagle or uh shout maybe even more so by tears for fears and take a song that while not as aggressive as something like tool is <laughs> you know a little more on the aggressive side of pop and turn it into something that you can play for your eight-year-old and it'll calm them down or they'll they'll get into it just as much as we got into the originals it's fascinating yeah and that's become that has become a very sort of self-conscious process i mean the sound that we have honed which continues to evolve that is one piece of it and then we are also then tapping into what the words are and the message and having those unite so you know in the case of shout Tears for Fears was actually singing. Those guys were in, I forget which, they were into shout therapy, I think. I mean, they were literally into into therapeutic modalities and they were referencing it on that song and were ironically, of course, doing the incredibly quiet chill version of that. <laughs> but there's all sorts of people in Asia listening to it. Like, it's like very crossover. Like, it's not, they're not like, it's not hitting lullabies there. And we consciously selected pieces of those lyrics like the, I really want to break your heart part to talk about, like to evoke breaking your heart wide open. There's things that we're getting into now that whether I think that they come across unconsciously at the very least, um, but that we're getting into intentionally when we're putting these records, whether it's originals, it's the one thing when you're writing the words, it's another thing when you're like, Oh, okay, this is cool. You stumble on fly like an Eagle. And you're like, wow, Steve Miller has had this sort of like behind that sort of boogie 70s funk thing, bluesy funk thing was this message of like healing underneath, you know, like feed the babies who don't have enough to eat, feed the children with no shoes on their feet. How's the people living in the street? Oh, there's a solution. You know, it's like this prayer. Yeah. I think, I mean, it speaks to, the, I think some of the best writing is, you know, it's reduced down to this basic elements that are universally understood by everybody. And therefore it's great lyrics for, for these messages for kids, for sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's all kinds of expressions on it that aren't like this for sure. Cause it's great songs that don't talk about this stuff, but yeah, I mean, there are these nuggets hanging out there in the songbook. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So Benjamin, you also have a new album out. And it sounds a bit darker than some of the previous stuff. Is that possible? <laughs> wow, it's not like there's anything dark going on in the world. Dude. No, of course not. No, it's, everything's bright and happy. So it's this is going to stick out like a sore thumb. Um, yeah. But it, I got to hear it. Oh, man, it is it is so good. Okay. I was kind of looking and I didn't find anyway, you'll, you'll, you'll send me links. So. Oh yeah, well, definitely. I'm you weren't able to find them, man. Huge, like huge. <laughs> like Steve Miller, huge. <laughs> I mean, I'm huge at my house. <laughs> in your, Dude. in your hospital. <laughs> yeah. So I love looking, I love looking at the weird cities where it's like, oh wow, Golita. <laughs> Golita. <laughs> the Northern part of Santa Barbara where UCSB is like, ah, uh, got you. Yeah. Just, anyway. So Benjamin, do you in in your day to day stuff, do you use music as part of the therapy? And does that 
influence what you write on your own? I don't use it like at work for therapy. Okay. Uh, I certainly take the time to ask my patients um, what they're passionate about, what brings them joy and happiness, what thing, you know, things of that nature that distracts them and provides them outlets. And you'll be surprised at how many people don't know what those things are. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, I do fully support like them investigating, investigating that part of them. Some of them knew when they were in their like teens and early twenties, but then they raised kids or, you know, had careers and they didn't pen, spend any time with themselves. So they forgot, you know, I mean, literally forgot what they liked, which is bizarre. Wow. So, yeah, I do really push for them to feed their souls in whatever creative aspect that is. If it's knitting, if it's, you know, bowling, guitar, art, anything, just find something that moves you for sure. But for me, it's for me, it's really personal. For me, it's the work that I do is pretty emotionally taxing and uh, I can't. I, I will not be doing this for the rest of my life. This is just one of a few careers I'll have because I don't have the capacity to continue to do this for much longer than 15 years, I think. I think it'll just burn me up. So mm-hmm. I, I come home and I use music. For me, it's, for me, it's it's this, you know, it's how I sustain my practice is to engage in writing and, and playing. Wow. So I get that. I feel that that's, that's, um, really heartbreaking to hear. And I'm at the same time, glad that you're engaging at that level that people are so disconnected from themselves in that way, you know, that, that, uh, that they don't know what brings them joy. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. That's a trap. That is amazing. But yeah. it's also good to know that you do know what brings you joy and you can see the light at the tunnel there. Maybe it's a train, maybe it's not, but you see it there and you, you, you know your time frame basically. And, and you know, you're going to have to get out at some point. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a way you could practice psychiatry that would be, and I'm speaking just for me. I don't fit well into the westernized model of psychiatry in a way that allows me to feel sustainable in general. Uh, There is a possibility that when I, here's the rub, right? When my student loans are eventually forgiven or paid off and I'm not like bound by chasing after salaries to support debt that shouldn't really exist at the level I have, then I can practice in a way that speaks more truly to, you know, to me and, uh, be more sustainable. I think that I could do that, but the model that we live in is, I mean, the model we live in is a completely dishonest, completely broken, misprioritized. I mean, it's really an embarrassment. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, sorry, you know, hold, but 
all of our institutions, my view, I mean, first of all, somebody like you, I, we just met, but it would be beautiful to have somebody with your orientation and experience on the Western side, embrace like finding those other modalities and like, and practicing and integrating because it's like, we need, we do need functional, you know, like functional medicine, you know, yeah. we need functional mental health and functional physical health. And it's all tied to the, all the other institutions. We don't have an institution in our society that is actually working. Yeah. No, I mean, right. it might be working towards some of the devious purposes that like are either consciously or, you know, like structurally just baked in at this point or like just sort of incentivized weirdly by profit and other things. Right. Yeah. But if you look at education, you got to be very conscious about how you engage with education in my view and yeah. music entertainment, that business I'm in it. Renee and Jeremy's a functional business. You know, it's like, if we're going, we're actually talking at the point where we're talking to labels and stuff, it's like a completely corrupted system. Like you have to be very conscious about it. And my kids in the school system, he's got to be conscious. He'll be going into like, you know, JC or whatever next year, but he's got to be conscious about that. Our food system, which is connected to health and mental health. Yeah. What do we eat? Yeah. Hello, like seriously? Yeah. I'm affording the good stuff, right? Yeah, it's just a, it's just an unraveling of the entire infrastructure of our society here. Otherwise, yeah. it's just it's not a very healthy and honest situation, you know, construct. No, no, not at all. And we we saw that big time, of course, during COVID and whatever. But like, it's like yeah. it's it's there at every level. I mean, that's actually interestingly. The entire, I mean, so one, I said I got into this Hazrat in Khan stuff, but I had no practice. The way I actually got into a yoga practice and into meditation was that I had like a nervous system breakdown on the road, 1997, touring my first RCA record, like playing on Lollapalooza and having corn basically like take my audience every day yeah. with their big thumb thumb. And like, I like, everything in that record went wrong. And I like literally like had this nervous system breakdown and Western medicine was like, uh, I don't know. You want some antibiotics? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I couldn't get off my couch and like, it was like, my doctor was like, Hey, here's some antibiotics. I'm like, I don't think that's going to do it. Yeah. And that got me into like literally Kundalini yoga on the one hand and acupuncture on the other hand and all these other things. And it, then circling back, it, it's like, it's interesting though, that it's just like that, that is, I knew that's when I knew something was deeply wrong. Not that I wouldn't believe me. I broke my shoulder last year running. I went to the friggin' doctor. You know? <laughs> I went to the hospital, but then interestingly, <laughs> good. I'm glad you got it fixed. Right. They're like, they're like, oh, okay, well actually we don't, we can't do surgery on it. It's just going to mend. And then he was like, oh, you've got nerve damage that's the big thing that could take a year and i again i was like well do you think acupuncture could help that and he was like i don't know maybe that was an improvement yeah, yeah. maybe was an improvement on like no that's some quackery shit yeah and yeah. acupuncture took care of the nerve damage in two weeks but wow great a practice that has been around for millennia and there's know? no there's no reimbursement yeah exactly
Yeah, I had to see my guy. Luckily, he doesn't charge that much. <laughs> anyway, there's my rant. So, <laughs> we can do this for a while. You got me. I mean, this is my, yeah. yeah I, I will say this in response to that. Just I, I feel as if I'm being dishonest most days of the week. when mm -hmm. I, And that's why I don't feel like I can sustain it because it's not, most providers went into healthcare to help people. Right. And when you're in the academic environment, it's not it's not the same paradigm at all as the practice and when you get out into practice the elements that you have to deal with are so much more complex and then the institutions that you work for are so much more complex and the bottom line is not generally patient care um, mm. i mean they say it is but they have to support a business that's bleeding money so that the, you know they have to see as many patients as they can and right there's the relationships that we maybe knew when we were growing up with our primary care providers is just not happening you know um, right you know if you spend 30 minutes with a patient who's depressed you might find out that their parents you know dad was just laid off from work and they're not able to pay the bills and they have to sell a house and move in with grandma you know what i mean like oh that, that makes sense you're sad yeah right <laughs> right right that's yeah. hard that's it's some hard. hard stuff right all right so speaking of hard stuff both of you guys have had experiences writing in groups and solo you know working with with groups of people and working by yourselves i guess keeping on the psychological tome here is is there a different approach that you have to take when you're working with somebody else and, and having to consider their opinions and, the, and their thoughts and, and about the work as opposed to working solo? Do you take a different approach each way, psychologically speaking? I would say I don't like, you know, psychologically speaking, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even frame it that way for me. I would just like, I mean, the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. That is psychology. Um, the human experience is going to be different if you add another opinion and and vibe into a circumstance and depending on who you are as an individual if you're if you have um interest and capacity and, and an openness then you're going to be inviting that into the creative process and it's it can be very productive if you're if you're depends on how you how your ego is set up if you you know that that can really influence the working environment with groups versus individuals yeah, so it's a challenge. It's definitely more of a challenge to work with people in that regard, just getting to know the pressure points and what you should let go of yourself and what you should invite in from others and just that whole thing. And yeah. it's, it's an intimate relationship. Completely. Yeah, I mean, when... Like, I feel like any group of people... I don't know where this comes from, but morphogenetic field is this term. But the idea is that, like, any group of people creates... a another personality yeah right as a, a dynamic okay that evolves and so like bands or a duo it's like there's another person like renee and jeremy has a personality that's beyond renee and i yeah and when we get together the beautiful thing is that personality and we tend to our relationship and that personality is really healthy and so that collaboration has a whole thing to it that's evolving. It's very different from what I'm doing now. There's a connection, but it is very different. It is also different to what I'm doing solo. And so I think it can be a beautiful thing. And like, for instance, with Brad, this is no secret, but like the first record when we were, when everything was vibing and the weed was working, 
<laughs> you know, and really, quite frankly, to help. I mean, I was I was like not really participating in that, but it was but I was participating in the field like it was helping to, to dissolve the egos enough where we were all just collaborating and this amazing thing came out between us. And then like second record, there's good things on it, but the group vibe, not as good. Yeah. And you, I think I know you can feel it actually. Yeah. I know fans can feel it. Yeah. yeah. The room, the color that you give off the vibe, the vibrations. I mean, you talk about vibrations. Yeah. It's, it's palpable. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're it's extremely powerful when those vibrations are not working well. Like if there's anger and there's, you know, ego trips and there's conflict that needs to be confronted. I mean, that can create some really beautiful situations for people to like break down their shit in music. Yeah, yeah. for sure. There are, there are bands and records that are completely made from that, right? Like oh, yeah. Like rumors or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like go your own ways about Stevie. Yeah, Lindsay singing, and you know it's like gotta been fighting in the studio without saying a damn word to each other. Yeah, gotta be crazy, right? Right, writing, Um, you know, writing songs about somebody for them to sing. The trip. That's that's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, making Stevie Nicks writing uh, sing a song that he wrote about her. And she made choice to sing it. Yeah, yeah. you know, like that to me is kind of miraculous. The projects that I've been in, like if the vibes aren't right, the music does not benefit. Yeah. Whatever reason. I mean, like some, some good things come, but like, it's way better. I think that has just maybe has something to do with me. Like, like I'm just not good at it. Like (laughs) I can't fake fake the funk. Like it's like, if I don't love you, I can't really do it. (laughs) I just, I don't think you're an outlier. I think that the number of records that are made based on animosity are probably less than those that were built on love of your, your bandmate, right? Right. Yeah. Pro- I would think so. I, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm just yeah. like, how do you do it? Like, yeah. Well, um, and, and Benjamin, but, you, you have the, uh, the added component of collaborating with your sister on some of this. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, wow. It's true. So that, that adds a whole nother dimension to, to, uh, you know, working with bandmates. Yeah. I mean, maybe the fact that she was in Barcelona and I was in Vermont mitigated some of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Distance. Good point. Good point. (laughs) But no, I mean, you can have love and you can have conflict. Um, yeah. And, uh, every single record was, so I'm actually thinking about Drew more than I am a sister. But yeah, my Amanda and I did pretty well the first record. Our conflicts, I think, were actually at like when we were in post. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more just about kind of how logistics and organization of that process was breaking down, and how communication over final product was kind of being handled. But during the creative process, it was, you know, I think we were very aware of each other. We were very aware that. We're, we are very aware of each other's feelings and very respectful. And it, it, you know, that took us many years to get to that place. We, you know, but, uh, um, I had more conflict with Drew than I did my sister. Oh, okay. Um, is this a band? Is this a band or is this like, uh, this your solo stuff? It's really my solo stuff at this point. The first record was like my sister and I, she lives in Barcelona. I live over here and we were like, we, um, you know, it's a six hour time difference and it's hard to, to talk to people when they're, you know, I get them for work at six, she's in bed. So it's just, we just never caught up. Right. 
and we just conscientiously like we're like let's just meet on Sundays on WhatsApp and chat music and share ideas and maybe collaborate just for fun and then it just kind of created it eventually led to us being like oh we got like four or five tunes and let's just keep doing this and release a record it's fun and so probably we released it and i got a few random reviews that were good so i was motivated and kept on going but she i was busy setting up shop like she does teaching for english and spanish and stuff mm. uh, and has her own creative stuff so she was kind of took her own path and i kept on doing this project but she will still I'll still ask her to like do some backup singing and she will contribute like one song per record if it works out. So we still work together, but it's more or less a solo project at this point. And the guy drew, I brought up is the producer I've been working with. For got it. Got it. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So the, the new album, is, I think going back and listening to them, I think this is my favorite of all three. Cool. I I really like, I'm I'm looking at the track listing right now. A million miles is great, but I, don't give up. And I love that song. That is that might be my favorite song of of, of the three albums. It's just oh. great. And the hill can come to Like the inclusion of like the children's choruses and the children, the ambient noises on you know on like on broken. interesting element you know bringing bringing in ambient noises and bringing in children's courses and things it, I, I you don't hear it much you know yeah. like, I, I remember my favorite one of my favorite songs of all time you know mother love bone used some children's courses on uh what was it i think it was stargazer right oh wow it's, i can't remember it but i remember the band and i loved them yeah, yeah. so so i that's that's something is i mean bringing in unusual pieces like that it's 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 not like bringing in an, uh, an unusual instrument or something it's bringing in you know a, a whole group of voices so yeah. I, I think that's a whole different aspect to think about is musically and maybe psychologically i don't know i mean well, I, I may be pushing it at this you know maybe trying to force a square peg into a round hole and everything's psychology i guess everything's humanity everything's uh, you know everything's a, we're all experiencing life which is a part of all that right but thank you for the bailout um, yeah yeah um <laughs> So I will say that my favorite instrument, I think, right now would be like, I love a chorus. I love like a legit chorus. And I especially love like kids vocal, like a kids choir. I just think it's got this angelic thing going for it. Yeah. But uh, that song you're talking about with the kids singing, that, was, that song was written about, the re it was written the week that um, Russia invaded Ukraine.
that was about like it was just like my reaction to that and i thought it'd be um i just thought it'd be powerful to have kids do the outro on that one um just because uh, you know they're getting they're getting pretty forgot about in these ridiculous yeah. circumstances and i think it's just kind of a haunting like mm. a haunting outro to include it and, is and it's very effective yeah it's kind of spooky and uplifting it's got hope and despair i think in it i mean but um yeah well the album luckily, has a lot of that yeah luckily i have two kids that'll do it and their friends will sing with them and they're, they're cool oh that's so, awesome yeah wow that but, is cool so the the album is is really like i said i think it's out of the three that you released it i think this is my favorite i mean numb you know can't feel a thing that's that's a top but uh, de- definitely don't give up is definitely my favorite but shoot through the wire the that's the latest single i think right that's that yeah. is a fantastic song thanks yeah i appreciate it man and renee and jeremy you guys new music like we we were talking about you got the shout album with a, a mix of originals and covers and it's just in a it's such a unique take on covers you know it's it's really fascinating what you guys do with uh, so like life is what you make it talk talk i did, never would have imagined talk talk popping up as a cover for for honestly anybody can't escape it yesterday's favorite don't you hate it everything's all right now everything's all right now baby life's what you make it don't backdate it i love talk talk <laughs> and i, I do want to i'll say something about that but i do want to hop onto something yeah that Benjamin was talking about too. I mean, Renee and I have very different, this is interesting. We have very different tastes in music, but we have places where it intersects and then places where it goes like this. Like she has this whole soft rock seventies thing that I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and then there's like all this probably like college rock REM, like this just aspects of the things that she'll be like, that's too REM. I'm like, how is a melody too REM? I don't understand. You know, but I do understand because she'll like bring some very amount alone or whatever. So, um, <laughs> so, but talk, talk is a place where we intersect and we were just like, we gotta, like, we gotta find a song that works. Yeah. Um, and that song is weirdly, it's like the least, we tend to cover bigger songs just because it's kind of a way to tap into the cultural consciousness. Right. Yeah. And sort of like do our thing where we, we're like, hey, yeah, this is your hit song, and we're gonna do our like soothing, uplifting thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that song, "Life's What You Make It," is was like a minor, maybe hit in England, and probably nothing here. Yeah, and it's kind of doing really well right now, which is interesting. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. I mean, I think I love our version. Like, we, so that that's beautiful. But um, there were two things I wanted to say. One of which is that when which Benjamin was talking about, like when like considering elements of a song, I'm definitely thinking about the emotion that it's triggering in me. Maybe not before it goes down, but sometimes after the fact, like we were in the, in the studio that night 
doing the song uh, Better in the 70s for my solo. It's called Better in the 70s for my next solo thing. And there was like a guitar that was doubling this bass thing. And Joel Graves, who I was working with, did these cool effects on it. But when I was hearing it in the track, I was like, it was just bringing me down. Oh, wow. I was like, it's really cool. And maybe there's a place for it in the song. But I was like, let's just take it out for now. It's songs sad enough as is. <laughs> It's sort of mournful look back. Things were better than like, it's like, I yeah. want there to be some light in here. And so sometimes you just like, sometimes you put something down and you're like, mm, you got to be the sort of the, uh, arbiter or referee. Yeah. Arbiter conductor of vibe, right. Yay. Of vibe. And then the other piece is the people involved in the project. My mom is FaceTiming me. Probably because I FaceTimed the wrong mistake. Really. <laughs> like, also, these days, like, when there's more choice, it's like, well, who's involved and are they bringing the right energy and conducting the vibe between us? Like, my solo thing is, like, there's a group of three of us and we've got the right energy for this stuff. And then it's like we bring in some players, like yeah. the drummer from Father John Misty is playing some stuff remotely, and it's kind of like... I didn't know him, but our guitar player knew him and Joel, our guitar player, producer. And I was like, hey, is he the right guy? He's like, oh, he's a great guy. And so it's just like, for me, it's very much as much about a lot of people can play yeah. these days, right? Oh, yeah. And, and a fair amount of people can play really tasteful, cool stuff. And are they bringing the right bava the right vibrational stuff to it yeah I mean, it's, to me i consider all of these things in the soup you know yeah for sure now it's like having you know a dinner party <laughs> it is interesting <laughs> i like that <laughs> well, and Jimmy, you made a really interesting point in that you loved what the guitar that was being laid down but it was making you sad so you pulled it out. I mean, you know, that's, that's a, a definitely a mental choice to affect the entire tone of the song. Yeah. This happened literally this week. I, it was one of those things where it was like, Oh, I'll revisit it. I'm yeah. not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but at that moment I'll check in, maybe we'll throw it. There's a place I'm thinking about putting in, but yeah, cause there's a, there is, it's not that I'm afraid of darkness. I mean, I think that, and sure Benjamin, it's like, the solo stuff is taking people through darkness to light in one way. Renee and Jeremy's doing it in a much different way. Yeah. And so it's like, it's always about how is that process working for me? I can't be sure how it's going to react with other people. I just have to be the arbiter of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really, and, and that's why where I am at with making my music is that I have a different job that pays the bills. So for me, it's, it, it really has to resonate with my vibrations, right? I mean, it has to, if it doesn't vibrate well with me, it's not going anywhere. Uh, right. Yeah. No. Well, both albums are fantastic. Renee and Jeremy, it's like you mentioned, move on up that, you know, that's a killer take on Curtis Mayfield. And you know, you, you also do Our House by Madness. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I'd like to teach the world to sing, which I always think of the Coke commercials. So your take on it is a lot different than the Coca-Cola 
for sure. From the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are like, like it's like we took that one and we darkened it. Yes, you did. It is. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say that or not. So I was hope oh, I'm glad you said it because I didn't want to. Like, no, it's okay. I okay. mean, like, I mean, we dance with those things like that. It's in, that was intentional and move on up. I mean, Curtis's version is immaculate. There's nothing to say yeah. about it yeah. other than it's beautiful and so uplifting and energetic. And for us, for me, it was like I had to convince Renee about that song. Actually, to me, the lyric is such a mantra of hope and it's like it's like there's certain some people i hope to stumble upon those things myself too but like i think of bob marley and curtis and there's certain artists that very that they hit these moments that are just like this is a prayer yeah i know it's in a song but it's a prayer yeah and move on up is one of those things and and I like to think that in our version that like we hit this meditate, like I played it literally at this Yom Kippur ceremony, which is like one of like the, it's kind of like the deepest Jewish holiday. It's about literally like delving into sin and like, yeah. and how you can like and confronting that and how you're going to approach that. It's, yeah. It's heavy. And I played that. And it was this, it was really beautiful. It felt it could have been a liturgical song. It's in English. And... Hush now, child. And don't you cry. Your folks might understand you by and by. Just move on up. Destination. That's great. So you, to translate it into Sorry, Hebrew, going on and on. <laughs> Those moments are great, man. I mean, when you when you're in them and you're like swimming in it, that's. Yeah, I felt I felt like this was. I felt like wow, this is actually. I mean, listen, I love what music does with out there in the world too. But I was like, wow, this is this small gathering and playing this song is why I do music. Yeah. And Benjamin, you've your album, like I've said several times tonight, it's it's my favorite of what you've released so far. You got some amazing stuff, a familiar face. You know, you, your album goes light and dark as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, I've been getting a reputation for being melancholic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love some melancholy. <laughs> but um, I always challenge that perspective and say that I think that within that melancholia there I think there's I think I I write in a space that the music can both be depending on where you're at emotionally can both be devastating but also like uplifting it just just depends on where your head's at so like good night goodbye that's that's a pretty intense song 
I love the fact that it's, it's kind of like split in two. So actually, the second part of that is Broken's reprise. Okay, that's really cool because I've got it as one big track and it's just it yeah, has a little rest. We actually probably that and call it Broken Reprise, but I don't know. I don't know if it was because I had to pay more than I had a master to fight split it. <laughs> oh my God. You got like the mastering fee per song. I feel you, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> that seems psychology. Songs as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> This is fun. Mastering. Yeah, the whole album is just one long song. <laughs> mastering engineers are going to get a hip to that. They're going to start charging us by the minute. Yeah. <laughs> Edit this part out. Don't let yeah. it go. Okay. <laughs> It'll be one big long beep. No, we, we so, yeah, our uh, so Broken it was supposed to be, uh, you know, Broken's very, very dark. And then that was supposed to be just a representation of the fact that darkness does have light and there's hope. And. Uh, we just decided to put the very end of the record as like an outtake hope piece, an uplifting outro. And then the idea is the next record will start with that actually being a full song. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. That so, is it's funny. I mean, obviously, I can't wait to hear your record, but like. <laughs> I mean, yours, me too. I'm, I'm psyched to hear it. Like I went on a little thing with Renee, Renee and I will do these things on Instagram. Like we'll just talk about some stuff. And I was went on this whole thing about how like you need to put the sadness into the sweetness so you can really feel the sweetness. And cause this is kind of the way life is like, yeah. we're going to get drawn into these emotions inevitably. Yeah. Like it's just the way it is. Like we're going to get hurt by people. I mean, people will ultimate tragedy die. Right. It's like, and so it's just like, but that's the nature, nature of the earth plane. And like sadness is in a way a seed of joy. You know, it can be. Yeah. Um, it just depends what you do with it. And I think it's why like we can get drawn to artists like Nick Drake. I mean, that is some sad sack music, man, but it yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. And Absolutely. It, it doesn't depress me. I, I think that's a perfect example of another artist that his music lives in the middle of, of sadness and joy. Right. Yeah. Just a matter of where your head's at. Right. Yeah. Cause, th cause there will be songs like for the morning or whatever also, or like there's these other, like there's these songs that are just kind of like, and then it's like, I am the parasite of this town or whatever. They're like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he was my, I had a steady diet of Nick Drake between the ages of like 20 and 25. I just, I fell, I fell in love with him. Wow. Yeah. All the good people. Yeah. <laughs> do. <laughs> I've taken up a ton of your time tonight and I want to thank both of you guys for doing this and kind of, I, I know it was kind of scattered and all. I really didn't sure. know exactly how I wanted to approach this. So I just kind of figured, well, well, we'll just hit as many different points as possible, but I want to, I want everybody to find out how they can find you out. So Jeremy, where can people find Renee and Jeremy, follow you guys and what you're doing and pick up the music? Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's Renee and Jeremy. That's that. It just, it's everywhere. Like we have a website if you care to go to it, but whatever. It's on all the streaming services. Yeah. And, and then Jeremy Toback, T-O-B-A-C-K. You know, it's like I've got some solo stuff that I've put out. Although that page is kind of dominated by Renee and Jeremy's music because it gets so many more streams. You have to kind of dig for my solo. Fine. Uh, it's a good problem to have. And they can follow you on, on uh, Instagram and yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to follow me on Instagram, then you'll get my like, you know, 
stuff about radical forgiveness and Ho'oponopono and all that. You know? <laughs> and your your awesome photography. I love your shots. Yeah, I try, I'm trying to spread, you know, like, you know, in this world of like, there's so much clicks for anger and disagreement and hatred and like division. I'm really making a conscious effort to, for the most part, just put beauty, truth, and love, like those things out there as much as possible and just a little shadow. Yeah. A little right. shadow of darkness. But you like, are, you, your, your photos are bringing light into the darkness. They are very sunny and bright and positive. Uh, well, thank you, brother. Like, thank you. So, yeah, I'm around. You can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, how can people find your music and follow you and what you're doing? Well, I'm on my Porsche right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Come and get me. Um, In Vermont. Yeah. Nice. Uh, autumn in Vermont. Yeah, it's actually a nice night. Finally, we've had too much rain around here, but uh, it's we can sit outside today, so I'm doing it. Um, Eddie Carter, that's a good song. But anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, at Benjamin Jane Music um, would be, I think, for Facebook and Instagram. Benjamin Jane, you know, all streaming platforms. It's a, it's spelled J A Y N E. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my parents spelled my sister's name a little bit different. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know, I think it's benjaminjane.com. I don't, you know, again, I'm out there. Just go to the streaming platforms and search for Benjamin J. Benjamin Jane. Is I'm actually on benjaminjane.com right now. And yes, that's it. So. I'll be doing that. <laughs> so, and it's and you're on your uh, own social medias at, at Benjamin Jane also. Yeah. I mean, IG with, and Facebook, I think is those monikers would be at Benjamin Jane. Twitter is at Ben, at Ben Jane music, but I don't really use I'm not, I'm not really avid, avid, uh, an avid social media person, but yeah. if there's anything that is uh, relevant, it'll be there. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, again, thank you so much. This has been really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Great meeting you, man. Great talking with you. Hey, great, great meeting you too. I thought I was actually, I had no idea what I was getting into really. And I liked it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, well, I appreciate your faith. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, like, unless it's like, you know, an invitation to like, I don't know, the Nazi party, it's pretty much yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I want to make clear, unless there's an right. <laughs> That's a no to Nazis. That's hard. Yeah, no. unless they're unless they're like, do you want to change your ways or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, unless, yeah, if they're. If, <laughs> they're hey, you know, we want to change our platform. You know, give us some ideas. Kind of want to embrace some love yeah. and peace and harmony. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into some radical forgiveness. Nazis yeah. for love. We'll be some Nazis for love. I think I'm probably going to have to edit that part out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can edit it out. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. A million miles we fly On steel as cold as ice
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.